welcome back to Bread and Butter, everybody, where we are serving up the basics for Hearthstone improvement. I'm Tito. Unfortunately, Doc could not be again with us again today. He had some uh, family issues he had to deal with. He'll be back next week. He sends his love and wishes he could be here. But in his stead, we have the fantastic, the amazing, the wonderful, the Canadian Judge. Judge, how are you? How's it going? Three out of those four things are true. It's good to be back on the show, Tito. Good to see you. Thanks for having me. I won't even ask which one I got wrong. Um, so let me ask you, what have you been doing inside the game of Hearthstone lately? So this is such a great introductory question that generally is, is probably pretty easy for most people to answer. Like, oh, I've been playing a lot of this. As you know, I've gone through a bit of a whirlwind in my my uh, Hearthstone, like what I'm playing at any given point in the last like month and a half. So I've been doing a lot of everything i went from playing a bunch of arena to not a lot of arena now i'm back to playing more arena again i i fired up battlegrounds on my stream today for the first time in a little bit with the new patch i even played a duels run a couple days ago because i was like new expansion i haven't i haven't yeah i even played a duels run so you could say i'm kind of just doing literally anything and everything i think standard is what i played the least of in the last couple weeks but uh i've just been kind of dabbling with everything in the mode or sorry, in the, in the game and just doing what I feel. It's been nice. Very nice. Um, I have been the opposite. I have, I, I did play some battlegrounds to finish up my reward track mm -hmm. because I always want to make sure I finish that up. And we knew the patch was coming. I, I was really close. I only needed to get like two levels. So it would have been silly not to, but um, I'm standard. I I'm loving standard. I, I, I can't get enough. It's, it's fun. I'm enjoying the meta. The meta, I, like they, there are nerfs supposedly coming tomorrow or, or Thursday for the uh, prior to the world championship. But I don't think they're even needed. I don't know what you nerf. Well, yeah, there, there are some things you could nerf. I, I'm going to guess the changes um, won't be like huge and meta defined. Just a couple things, right? Like it's I think generally most people are saying it's it's an enjoyable meta. And they, they had some pretty early yeah, changes you, like uh, with the ones people were really having issues with with the. Uh, you know, Naga Demon Hunter and Snake and whatnot. They tweaked those, which people were, were up in arms about right away. And since then, I've I've heard personally just a lot of positive stuff about the uh, state of the mode. Yeah, I think they could tweak something in Druid. I don't know what. I think they could tweak something in probably Shaman, maybe something in Paladin, uh, maybe something in Warrior. But in general, it's we're talking small tweaks. We're talking hmm. nudges because... And there are some so there there aren't too many non-games, which is the big thing, right? There's not so many games where it's turn four and you've already lost. There's yep. powerful things um, and there's great counters to them. So uh, I have recently been so I'm around D5 right now or D4. I've been doing playing a lot of different things. I tried to make a few different things work. I tried to build a mech hunter because why not? I've tried to build a few other things. I played a lot of Tice's uh it was a combination of the excavate warlock plus the sludges plus something else. It was weird. And I tried to do it and he said it was really good. And of course it was bait and I lost a lot of games to it. <laughs> um, but I, I, I tried everything now, right now I've been settling on trying some, I'm back on the hunter. Um, the Reno hunter is really good. And I'm also trying some of the, uh, I think it's world eights hunter that has a lot of death rattles oddly enough it doesn't have the thanos even after the the change 
but it is basically you have the shade hounds and, and the Gorgons and you have the vultures and uh, yodlers and it's just a fun deck. Yeah, there's so many directions to go, particularly in Hunter right now, too. I've seen so many, so many lists out there. I guess you're going to see a lot of variety across the board when when we're living in a Highlander meta, right? Because the more the more decks that only have one ofs, the more, you know, the more tough it is to nail down exactly what belongs. You get a, a lot of different ideas. Makes for a good variety. Yeah, and it's also a six set meta, which gives you the most amount of cards you're going to have at any particular time. So, although I, I I always wish that they instead of having a six set meta, I always kind of wish it was like a uh, a stack. So it was always a six set meta, but the last set six ago drops off, and the newest set comes in. So you always have that kind of six sets, but it's it's like a moving train. Yeah, that that would actually help with um. There's some issues sometimes with arena. Um, because of that too, where discovers particularly the pool within discovers is very important. So we've had metas, you know, right away the first one of the year where we have the fewest amount of cards where you can get that kind of busted card a lot more consistently out of your discover, uh, which is more important in arena, right? Arena has a lot of these single cards that might be just a little bit too strong for tempo in arena because they're manageable in, in constructed. So uh, Pack the House might be a good example of a card. Uh, not in the meta right now, but when it was, it would sometimes just come win the game. So if you can discover it all the time, that was always a, uh, you know, a tough one. So having a larger pool in there makes a lot of sense too. Fair enough. So how about outside this wonderful game? What have you been up to? Well, outside, but <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> There's an outside of, of Hearthstone, you say? No, uh, I have been um, just the last two weeks. I was out of the country. I'm, I'm, as you said, I'll spoil one of the things you said that was correct. Is I am Canadian. I live in Canada, and I was in the uh, states for the last couple of weeks. Celebrated Thanksgiving there with my wife and in-laws. So uh, whenever I'm out, whether it's in um, Seattle or uh, somewhere in Michigan, where where I go see my in-laws, I tend to play less Hearthstone when I'm visiting my family. <laughs> So I had a I had a good uh good few weeks of you know giving thanks which in my case is is you know and and in many case many cases having a, a whole lot to drink and a whole lot to eat for two straight weeks so that was uh, that was wonderful um outside of that as far as video games go I've started actually diving a lot more than I even used to um into variety content for my stream and particularly for YouTube. And the first game I'm really diving into with that is Super Mario Bros. Wonder. So I've been streaming a whole lot of that. Uh, right before that, I finished up Lies of P, which was a very, very fun game. So those are the, the two I've been focusing on. And my, I guess I'll do the the next game I'm going to focus on too, which I think is going to be the remake of uh, Mario RPG, which I never played the original and I hear great things. So. Got a lot of a lot of variety of stuff on the on the go through all this Hearthstone too, and we'll talk a little bit more about that uh, when we get into the next topic. Uh, for me, uh, I think I mentioned this last week. Started another podcast, which uh, uh, is exciting. We started a Warcraft Rumble podcast. Have you been playing any of the Warcraft Rumble there? I have played zero Rumble so far, and I know I'm going to. There's a possibility that like starting to play it could become problematic for my time management with my other work. <laughs> uh, I hear great things about it. I see all sorts of people 
uh, getting really, really into it, seeing a lot of uh, Hearthstone players tweeting about it. And I've, I've heard good things. And I know I, I'm definitely going to be trying it. Just haven't gotten around to it quite yet. Well, it's okay. Once you're trying to catch up, you can listen to the podcast and mm-hmm. you'll catch it right up. Perfect. But outside of that, I, w- I don't even know what's going on. Um, I'm starting guitar lessons tomorrow, hey. or at least I'm having my introductory guitar lessons. I, I'm i sure I've talked about this times. I have played guitar for my entire life, and I probably know the same six songs. And uh, I... I at times, I brought my like I brought my guitar with me overseas when I was deployed both times to Bosnia and Iraq, and we did you know we played around. At one point, we were playing the the acoustic version of Hotel California together, and I know enough to be dangerous, but I've I've always been just kind of I pick up the guitar, kind of remember what we've been doing. I, I the last couple of weeks I've been remembering songs. I'm like, oh yeah, this could have lied by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I remember how to play that. Let me think about it, and and but I've never really gotten past that, so I want to get in there. And, and really start to not just learn a few songs, but I want to learn how to be a better musician. Um, mm. And I want to like hopefully do some stuff with content on that and get there. And that's a long ways off. But if I don't do a lesson or if I don't start going to see somebody or adding that, which I don't have time for, but adding it anyway, you end up doing the same thing and playing the same few songs, not really learning anything new. And like, oh, yeah, it's easy enough to go look something up online and go figure it out. But to put that kind of dedication in along with everything else that's going on in the life, it's hard. So I'm trying to, I want to kickstart that and, and, and start playing some interesting things and see where we can take that. That's awesome. I, I can kind of relate to that with, I, I've been talking for like four years about getting some piano content out on my YouTube channel and video game music. And it's, it's, you know, it's hard to do every single thing you want to. And when something you're, you're passionate about, like, you know, guitar, it's, it's, I don't know maintaining the status quo is easy and you still get to play the songs you like, but I, I get that taking that next step can be, can be uh, tougher than you'd think. Right. Right. I, I just want to learn there. there I have, I, I've been creating a Spotify list of songs I want to learn. Uh, the thing I want to learn the most is the stupid riff from Alice's restaurant by Arlo uh, Guthrie. He, Cause he, he just sits there and he plays the same thing over again. It's kind it's kind of difficult, but it's so like second nature to them. They don't even think about it. He just plays it and talks. And I just love that. That I, I So I'm going to try to get that. But I tried to learn it with I got the tab for it. And this is out of my league right now. So I want to learn. I want to learn more about shapes. And did you, did you ever see um, the advertisement for Paul McCartney's masterclass on music? I don't think so. Oh, it's great because he's just like, oh, I never learned how to read music. I just uh make these shapes and beautiful music comes out and it's wonderful. <laughs> it's like, you just do that. Like, and it, it's, it's amazing, but, but I want to understand more and be, uh, better. So we're going to try. Once you know the Alice's restaurant riff, you can kind of just like, then say whatever you want, right? That's the whole, the riff, the riff is now you get to just talk about and You could, you do that and you can make whatever song you want. Talk about Hearthstone, talk about this. You can ramble about anything. One of my favorite versions of that song, because he played this a live song. He plays it. And if you look and I haven't been able to find it again for a while, but I think it was in Australia. He's telling the story and he's telling the story about playing the song and he's got his kids with them on tour. He's like, I'm playing Alice's restaurant. I'm going through in the circles and arrows in the back of each one and going through that. And I kind of lost track of where I was. And I looked at my son. I said. What's next? And he's like, I don't know. And, he, and I asked my daughter and she's like. Oh, the, the the glossy photos with the circles and arrows. He's like, I already did that. And like, you know, he 
kind of got through the, the rest of the, the song. And then in, in the song that he's singing for us now, he's telling the story. He's just like, I went back to my daughter. And I said, you know, I knew my dad's songs. <laughs> <laughs> and his, his dad was uh, uh, Tom Guthrie, right? Or uh, This Land is Your Land, This is My Land. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of Americana songs from back in like the early uh, 20s or whatever. So it, it's just interesting how it goes. But it's, it's really funny. But we're not here to talk about music. This is not a music podcast. I'm not going to start yeah, a third podcast could, about yeah, music yet. Say, we could probably talk for an hour or whatever, you know. <laughs> oh, I could talk about music all day. But we're here to talk about Arena. So, obviously, we bring Judge in as our, he's our official Arena expert. So, there's been changes to Arena recently. But before we get into that, what was wrong with Arena Going up until that point, because you were starting, you were a full-time arena streamer mm-hmm. for the most part, with a little standard thrown in and standard in your YouTube. But then you started to realize that you needed to get away from that, and you started to diversify. So, yeah. what was wrong with arena that brought you in that direction? So there, there's a couple things, and it's tough to use the word wrong too, because like it's, uh, I I think that there's this, um differential between like standard has a direction it needs to kind of head to maintain popularity and for Hearthstone devs to give any sort of interest after years and years and years like where this game's a decade old right so to to bring a spark to each expansion I think is very difficult to do um so I think we've started over the years to see cards that are individually more powerful rather than having to um you know, form a cohesive plan with a bunch of other cards. You know, examples like that might be Sire Denathrius, right? Huge power card. Reno even, right, is is uh, sure granted an effect, but it's much more powerful individually than uh, a lot of cards we've seen in the past. And that's okay, um, right? A lot of these cards are very fun to play, but it does uh, cause a few more issues for uh, me and, and a few other a long time arena players than it would in constructed because uh, in constructed, you get to, you know, build around metas and you can do that to a slight extent in arena, but you can't tech exactly what you need against these power cards to stop them. So uh, a good example in the most recent meta that we had at the last arena meta before this. Um, and in fact, this expansion is still in uh, Titans would be the Titans themselves. In Arena, these cards were nearly just unstoppable. Uh, Sargeras was an extremely common card to see in Warlock, and it just marked the end of the game. It was just, oh, Sargeras comes in, game over. Um, you're, you're just not able to create a strong enough plan in Arena with the random drafting pool to counter these insanely powerful cards. So uh, a lot of games kind of became... Do they have a Titan? You know, if yes, you, you never had a chance and kind of your decisions were a little bit unimportant. Obviously, this is um, not every single time, but just more times than than you'd want. So um, then we start and that's that's just that's one thing that's just in general based on the pattern of how cards are being created nowadays to keep the game. Again, that's so old. And it's remarkable that it's been able to to keep the popularity as now after all these years. One of those methods is to create these these much more powerful and interesting cards that can be tough for arena players. Um, we get into a few other issues um, that utilize this, 
And I don't know how much you know about this, and I don't know how much you even want to talk about this. Everyone's got their own opinions on whether this should be like brought up uh, slash uh, made known to the public. But there is there is some cheating issues going on in Arena right now. I am not aware. Yeah. So um, this is, uh, I, I believe, um, probably, I would guess, the devs' like biggest issue, like and, and as far as most difficult issue to tackle, is there is a very hard to pin down um, set of, of cheaters that are causing a lot of issues in, um, in arena. And they originated this, this method of cheating that exists um, was very, very common on the Chinese server. Um, And then the Chinese server was absolved. And, and then it kind of, instead of being localized in that server, it's now become more common, this method of cheating, in particularly the North America server and a bit in some of the others as well. Um, so, you know, I don't necessarily know. Uh, maybe I could have talked to, <laughs> talked to you about this before, how much we want to go, if we even want to go into detail, because sometimes it's, it's less helpful to bring attention to these kinds of things. But it is a very, very well-known thing for um, any devs working in the modes department. They 100% know about it and they've, they're working at it. Uh, and they've done things about it. They've made waves with it. Um, and if you're an arena player, you know you know about it as well. Um, and it, it's tough because the the way they cheat, they end up getting a lot of these power cards. So you'd run into last meta, you'd run into somebody with two Sargeruses and tutors for them, like S- Symphony of Sins into Sargeruses. You'd see decks that are straight up, sometimes more powerful than standard decks can be, and a, a lot of people. Um, you know, have been kind of like, okay, when someone says an arena deck is constructed, they're exaggerating. That's that can't be true. But in these cases, these cheater accounts often have decks that are stronger than constructed decks can be because they have all these constructed cards, but then four copies of the ones you want and multiple of the legendaries you want. Like it's it's uh so it made it very, very difficult to play. You'd see these, you know, at three and one, you run into one of these cheating accounts and you just get obliterated. And it really kind of, it feels, it feels bad. And this, I think actually is one of the reasons that prompted um, the, one of the changes we're about to talk about in that single legendary is to stop these cheaters from getting three Titans in their draft. Um, So that's, you know, there, there have been some steps, I think, to make their lives more difficult. But yeah, that's one of the reasons that it was really tough. Um, and I think there's also this other factor that balance in arena has never really been tight. You'd have the same two or three classes be the best. And for like eight months, they were the same classes. They were like Mage and Death Knight were at the top every single month for eight months. And it would be like a lot of the same cards that are really common. So it got a little monotonous that way. Um, bottom classes, all the same for a long, long time, too. Uh, so there were a lot of reasons. And I did say, I even released a little bit of a video about how I, I thought that it'd be best for my career if I did uh, attempt to step away from Arena, get into some more popular modes, games. It'd be a setback for for me um, and my viewership as I try new stuff. But it just seemed that in its state, all of these issues, there just was no no hope for a future, say four years, five years down the line, even if I'm doing okay now. Um. And so I did. I stopped playing Arena for a good month and a half. And I was playing a lot of BGs, playing a lot of variety. 
and uh, I did not regret it and do not regret it. It remained uh, arena it remained in a very, very tough spot for, for me to play. Um, and, you know, as you can see, that has changed quite a bit. Now I'm playing a lot more arena again. And I think I've gotten to a point um, after a good month and a half of not really knowing exactly the direction I wanted to push. What was like, do I go all in on BGs? And then I decided maybe small doses of that was better. Um, but now I think I, I've um, gotten to a point where, yeah, I'm going to be playing more arena again. And may maybe I even push for, for those top leaderboard spots again. But uh, I am also doing a lot more variety and pushing more variety into, like I said, I'm doing YouTube content with variety stuff. And it's it's a lot of fun. I like a lot of video games. It's been really good for me. And I think that some of the best ways to play uh, Hearthstone are maybe not playing it for eight hours every single day. You know, <laughs> uh, just giving yourself a little bit of mental space. And and it feels a lot better when you're just playing uh, when you want to play. Right. So um, with Arena getting a lot and I know we're going to talk about these reasons, but with Arena this very season and this season only all of a sudden just becoming way, way more tolerable and way like just fun to play straight up. Uh, one of the best modes again. Um, it's, it's made for a good pattern for me. I think. So might as well touch on this a little bit since we're kind of going into your, your diversification there and your content. How, how is it going as far as switching away? Like you've been on arena streamer for a couple of years now, and that's where your bread and butter has mm -hmm. been on. No pun intended. Nice. Um, but your numbers go down when you start playing games that people aren't there mm. to see you for, but maybe Inevitably. you also bring in new people. New, you maybe bring in new people that are there to see the games you're playing there, but it's, it's, it's definitely noticeable. So how is that going? And is, does that, is that balancing out? Are you finding ways to bring in new viewership or your old? Cause, cause for the most part, a lot of people I watch, uh, I'm there for the game and I am there for them because I only have so much time. But at the same point, if even though if I'm there for them, if they're they're playing some game I don't really care about, I know I'm going to wander and probably, you know, maybe keep them on. But I'm not going to interact as much because I'm there to see. Yeah, I'm a big fan, but I'm also there to see um, the game. And that's why I'm there. So how how it's it's an interesting there's a lot of nuance into this conversation. Like there's so many different factors that go into like how much you're able to do certain content, how many viewers you pull in, how much money you can make to stabilize your decisions of, uh, you know, changing. And, uh, you know, it's like you say, some people will only watch me play arena and that's, that's, you know, the reality and that's completely fine. That's what a subset of people like to watch. So of course that's what they're, they're going to watch. And I look forward to seeing them when they come around for arena. Right. Um, as far as the diversification, even before this step that I've taken, um, I would have, times where I'd split into variety content view numbers go down. Of course, this isn't like, you know, this is universal. You'll see the biggest streamers playing the game they're known for. And even if they're going down is like 2000 to 1200, they will still take a viewership hit when they change. Um, just as, as anyone with smaller numbers would. Um, but the thing is you do get new viewers, you do get different viewers and that's also valuable. Uh, you play, you stream arena every day. And a lot of that is to the same people. And a lot of that is to the same supporters who um, have already subscribed to your channel. So if you, instead of streaming arena six days a week and having, you know, a certain amount of people subscribe to your channel, 
Instead, you streamed five days a week and one day of variety. Odds are only like streaming five days a week is is not it's not like that sixth day is going to make you make a ton of extra subs, right? Most people who enjoy your content are going to be supporting you when you're doing that content. So all adding variety does for me is give an extra kind of avenue for people to meet me, see myself, see my content. And the most common thing for me actually has been playing variety games, meeting new people who like that game. And then they come and stick around for the Hearthstone stuff. And then we've made a new person, a new uh, community member who hangs around and watches me play arena. So uh, that's another thing with, um, with variety. Uh, One more factor. And I I don't like to talk about it so much because like, there's always two ends to this. There's the, um, you know, I want a healthy community and I want everyone to enjoy themselves. And I want, um, you know, a really, I, I want as many people watching me and hanging out as, as possible. And that's awesome. And then there's also inevitably when you're streaming full time, a business aspect of what are steps that you need to do to make profit? Because if that doesn't happen, then I, I just can't stream as much as I do. So in that regard, um, you know, a way to uh, a, a reality as well is as much as, lurkers make the rock and world go round. I always say on my stream and boost numbers and that helps with sponsorships. Um, a lot of the people who do financially support me are, are people who are there for, um, me more so than the game. I find that like people who are just there for the game aren't as likely to give me personally their money as they are to just watch the game and enjoy themselves. Again, there is value to that, of course, as we know, but often the people who are watching me play variety are um, financially supporting me a little more. So that's why, even though it's not my highest viewer numbers, when I play Jackbox games, those are sometimes the biggest money-making streams. Even though I have a a small subset of the viewership, it's all viewers who want to play games with me and hang out and stuff. And those are the type of people who are supporting the stream financially. So there's also that. So even though numbers can go down when I'm doing other stuff, that doesn't necessarily mean it's inherently bad. Now, you know, it can be bad, <laughs> of course. You know, if you just lose <laughs> permanent viewers all the time, of course, it can be bad. But I'm just saying it's not always necessarily bad. You, It's about finding the right balance. And that balance is different for every single channel and every single content creator. And it can be difficult to find. So that's kind of what I'm doing is I'm trying to find that balance and hoping that balance can include a bit more extra stuff whether it's variety content, music content, other stuff like that. And you kind of have to start over when you do stuff like that, right? You know, you you don't have the huge base from Arena. You have some people come over. But uh, then you got to start growing other stuff too. So, you know, that's what I've been doing, trying to find a trying to find a good balance of of everything and that's uh including a little less Arena and a little more other stuff. Well, you just need to do arena the first five days of the month when people are coming back to sub and then you do the rest of the month on other <laughs> content. You're fine. Well, there there is a little bit about playing arena when arena is exciting. Expansion times and updates, playing a little more there and maybe a little less during the lulls in between, you know. Well, so speaking of updates, and I know mm-hmm. it just took us off on a, a creator con. I, I'm always interested in the content creator stuff. Uh, so that, that's my fault for going on that tangent. But there are changes. So you were kind of bored with arena. It was frustrating because there are people that are cheating It's frustrating because it mattered. If you had a Titan, you win. If you didn't have a Titan, you didn't win. So why is, why is arena better now? Okay. So there, there are a few reasons why arena is better. 
Um, and I think that the first one is like, we can talk about the big one of they, they straight up changed um, the entire way that the drafting system works, which, you know, obviously probably had a few people being like, oh, that looks good. Or some people being like, I don't know about that. Um, I initially thought it would be a good thing. And now that I've played it, I think it's a great thing. Like it's, it's, uh, I think it's really uh, excellent what they've done. And essentially what they've done is um, removed the ability to draft infinite legendaries. And instead you get one staple legendary in each, in each draft and that's it. So your first pick in your draft will always be a legendary pick. And then you will get no other legendaries off. I can understand the point of view of like, oh, well, I loved when I was offered legendaries. It was super fun when it happened. Um, but I, I think that this format is a pretty popular one across a lot of games, like choose your champion, choose your hero kind of stuff, and then build around it. And I think it particularly works for arena. Um, it takes away a lot of variability from draft to draft. You play an opponent. They have four legendaries. One of them's a Titan. You had zero or one bad one. And you, you know, it just kind of, it's kind of a feels bad. You never really had a chance. And now, yeah, there is still, you can get better legendaries or worse legendaries, but, um, you know, you always get something to build around right off the beginning. And they actually removed the outliers. Like they've, they've made a lot of bands on bad legendaries and the most busted legendaries. So I know the Scourge and Lord Marogar are two that are banned from Death Knight because they are often ones that just come down and win games in Arena on their own. Um, and they've banned some of the... I'm trying to even remember some of the weaker ones they banned. I know they, they banned a, a bunch of bad cards uh, recently. I think they banned... I'm trying to remember the three... A Algalon the Observer they banned, I know. The four mana four four. There was another legendary... I remember I had to draft Zola the Gorgon as my legendary, which is not a very great legendary to have in comparison to a lot of cards in Arena. And I took it over Algalon and then some other absolute, absolute piece of garbage. And was it was it the grand. one that you was it the one where you attack and it grabs their minion and puts them into your hand and no that dies, that comes back. That one is a very strong Arena card, Colagarn, Colagarn something. Yeah, that card's very strong in Arena actually. Um, right, because you don't often in, in constructed, you can just kill it and get your stuff back in arena. You might not be able to do that. <laughs> and so you, you might just be screwed. It was grand totem eyesore. That was uh, my okay. other option. And it was banned because again, unlike constructed, you can't just load up your, your deck with totems. In fact, you usually don't have any, maybe one evil totem or something and it becomes garbage. So that makes, uh, the, the, the variance is, is, uh, reduced by a lot, which is good. And this uh, makes it harder for the cheaters to accumulate just a bunch of busted le uh, legendaries. And a, a thing about the cheaters is usually, quite often, they're not that good, right? Like, I think it, it they're, they might have a busted, busted deck. I've beaten many a cheater, lost to many as well. Um, and a lot of the times, they just know the buzzword cards, like the Titans are broken, grab them. I think it's like legendaries particularly or a few handful of power cards that they just grab. And now they, they struggle a little bit to do that as much now. So that's also a great thing to help reduce um, their power. So that's one thing. It's also really nice if you do get a bad draft and you're, say you're one and two feeling a bit bad about your deck, you're losing and you're like, man, this kind of sucked. 
the good news is, is you know that your next pick is going to be a legendary. That's exciting. That's fun. And it's like, okay, this sucked, but I wonder what my next legendary is going to be. Let's get in there and find out, right? So I think that's that's kind of a smart idea, making it pick one. Um, and I guess finally on that note is in a Highlander meta that was just introduced, you can get your Highlander legendary right off the bat. Um, of course, no Reno. Um, hero cards are not allowed in Arena. Never have. Well, not never have been, but haven't been for a while now, with the exception of, of Jaraxxus, which plays by his own rules. But uh, every other hero card has, has been uh, banned, uh, including Reno. But if you get like Ray Estraza, pick one in Druid, then you can build your entire deck to be Highlander. Unless you're unlucky with uh, three sets of duplicates, you can force that and get that archetype where before you get a legendary offered on pick 24. Well, you probably already have a couple duplicates, right? So uh, that's a cool thing that you can do with this uh, change as well. Um, so that's all just one thing. <laughs> that's all just one thing. They made one uh, really excellent change to the drafting system. The other thing kind of goes along with talking about the bands at the top end and the bottom end um, because they, they have taken away a lot of these cards that just feel so bad to, to lose to. And uh, the Titans are one of them, and Titans are also banned in Arena. Um, so you can get them through your mage excavations and stuff like that. Or if you are able to randomly generate or discover, that's all. Uh, when I say banned, all it means is banned from drafting. So you can still discover the Scourge um, with discovering spells and Death Knight and stuff. Uh, but they did ban Titans from the draft, which is a good thing too, because they are just in another league entirely from most other legendaries. And then the whole thing would be, did you get a Titan on your first pick? No? Well, good luck. You're going to get to eight wins and you're going to get slammed by Titans every game. So I think a lot of the stuff that have been strong complaints from the last two metas have really quite efficiently been dealt with. And, uh, you know, that that's fantastic. A separate reason Arena is feeling really good. I, I don't know exactly, of course, what, you know, each developer is working on at any given time. No, no one really does for sure. We know certain people are in charge of certain projects and that. Um, but I feel like there has to be some room that opened up for some people to, to really give Arena a bit more focus lately. Um, you know, in a perfect world, Every single mode, every single um, team has tons of staff, tons of resources. You know, Arena has its own mode and Duels has its own mode, right? That's not reality, right? There's a lot of fewer people than probably us and the developers would, would wish could be on a team or, or whatever. So sometimes you'll see things like the modes team is working on this huge, um, you know, wild um, update. I mean, look at the look at the uh, twist mode and it map out when it was released versus the lack of attention to arena. It it correlates pretty, pretty exactly that. Is, so it's no one was we didn't have the resources there. They were working on other stuff. So sometimes people have this rhetoric of, oh, well, the devs just aren't doing things. It's like, no, they're doing things. They're just no one's job is to do this right now. Right. They have other stuff that's very important to do uh you know that so it's it feels like there are people who are definitely paying attention to arena right now in the first week we had adjustments um i've heard talks of more adjustments coming in uh to arena or at least people being interested in keeping their eye on on certain cards and stuff 
Um, and this is stuff we we sometimes go streaks without seeing at all. Um, so that that's fantastic. I mean, I'll bring up a card from Death Knight. Uh, what is it called? The three mana two four. Whenever you summon an undead, to give it poison. Um, I yeah, never see that constructed. Yeah, and it's insane. It was banned in Arena. It was insane because it's just if you don't have an answer to it, you 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 die. You just die. Not to mention you combo that with your summon four. Yeah, and Ooh. and clear your entire board in Arena. That's devastating. Arena is definitely a much more board centric than constructed on average. Um, you know, and, and the ability to rebuild that is very difficult after so efficiently having your board removed. They banned that card in days, which is unheard of if you're an arena player. Usually you're waiting weeks for what you know is going to be changed and everyone knows is going to be changed. And it takes them a couple of weeks to get to for, you know, they've got a priority list of stuff that needs to get done. Right. And for, you know, arena getting this new expansion early might have helped out as they uh, focus attention on the new expansion just in the mode of arena, but it, it continued and it continues to be uh, very enjoyable. I mean, obviously it, it were, it's Hearthstone. So you ask me for cards I don't like or complaints I have. Oh yeah, I'll come up with some. Sure. I, I in the best of metas, I'll come up with some, right? <laughs> but uh, in comparison to what we've been working with this last year, this meta is an extreme breath of fresh air in my opinion. And we know, I mean, it brought me just back. Guy. It brought me back. <laughs> Oh, there you go. We know from just a guy that Sage uh, Jordio is the uh, catalyst behind these changes or uh, has one of the catalysts behind them. So it, it's, it's just nice that someone's actually been able. It is one of those things, right? They only have so many hours in a day. There's only so much on the team. Mm-hmm. The team is smaller than and, it really should be. And, and sometimes um, they're working their ass off at a particular task that just is not the task you wish they were working on. Right. So they can only do so much. And, you know, I, th- I think any argument of of the devs not in at the dev level not doing what they ought to be to me has been obliterated as i've i've watched them work over the years i think it comes from the next level up of of budgeting and how much are we going to put into staff on these teams and how much are we going to put into this and and, and stuff like that and just i don't know the idea that more money needs to go into certain factions that are going to return more money like cosmetics which you know we've seen a lot of awesome cosmetics and that's great but I don't know. Yeah, I, it just seems like the, the we're lucky to have who we have quite often working on 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 uh, our modes because I I feel like for Hearthstone to be this old and still seeing this level put into Arena this expansion actually blew my mind. I uh, was certain that I was going off into directions more variety, more other stuff that would include a very little Arena, and now it's like oh I can actually probably do half Arena, half other stuff. And very much enjoy myself. So unexpected, awesome to see. Yeah, shout out to. I mean, I'm sure Sage and I'm sure uh, some others who deserve uh, a lot of credit for this. But it's really refreshing, and it's been great to see um, a lot of other players. Who was it? Who was it? Was it? I was a. I might. It might not be. I was. I talking to Engine, who said they played their first, and it might have been another streamer I was talking to. But they said they played their first arena run and like six years <laughs> and they were, and then they played and then they played like 15 more <laughs> used all their arena tickets and was like hey this is fun and i hear stories like that um across people who play standard and even some people who play battlegrounds who 
checked out the new, um, you know, the new arena right now and wanted to check out the new expansion and said, Hey, what happened? I thought arena, you know, I heard arena was no good and they had a, a lot of fun with it. So really awesome to see. And apparently that was also Sage's idea to um, get those new cards in to arena before the release of the set. Which which is smart and, and definitely in that last few weeks people are bored of the meta people are waiting for the new expansion so mm-hmm. why not throw it in arena get some experience and have fun. Not to mention like if, if you're uh, the developers here too you can get a look at them in arena and, and start to see some potential bugs some potential issues um, that maybe weren't caught or were didn't exist in playtesting and you can get on those before the official release. Uh, especially with standard, which of course, you know, standard is going to be uh, the priority one uh, as the main Hearthstone mode and you've got tournaments in it and you've got events in it, right? So even just like, that's a, another factor, which why not? It, it can only it can only help to get that out in Arena for a, a week prior, I think. And that's one of the things that drives me nuts because I work in software is the, the team, however, you can have a gigantic team of QA devs on Hearthstone the first hour a release is out, you're going to have exponential number of games played versus what they could even try to accomplish. I so, saw a uh, uh, a video on this actually, where because you know I don't don't know anything about game dev, and I I watched I wanted to learn a little bit to know the frustrations on the other side, uh, you know that you don't think about as a player, and the the number was like with a QA team of like X size to test as much as the first I some. So, I don't know, a couple of hours or whatever. It was like they would have to work for like years or something, you know, like it's just like it's not you're never going to get that amount of data ever, 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 ever until you get it out into the public. Now, they could do something along the lines of a public test realm or something like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, for now, and you're seeing that become they, just across gaming. You're seeing that become way more common and common and common early access, early access for long periods of time, even Um, before official Um, release. Yeah. So I I know we talked about these changes. I, they've tried changes before, right? Cause I remember for a while they tried to make it. So that way, if you drafted through arena, the synergies of what you were working towards was supposed to, if you drafted Murlocs, you were supposed to see more Murlocs or something like that. That might've been before you even started playing arena. You remember anything about that? I have vague memories of this. Um, and I, I we're talking back towards like, do you remember like the bucket system where there were certain buckets? Yep. It was like back around that time, maybe. But I don't really know how successful that was or, or what that did. To be fair, I think that a lot of the uh, arena was actually back all the way back then. Still pretty good. And just I think with um, maybe leading into like Stormwind and Alterac Valley, I think we started to see a lot of individual power spikes and in cards. Um, that just made it tougher for Arena, right? Um, so I think back then, though, generally, even in metas that weren't necessarily always being adjusted, the cards just made more sense for the mode back then. And so things were just a little better. But yeah, not uh, I, that rings some bells, but it was a long time ago. All right. So since everyone seems to be happier, the community, community-wide and the Arena community, mm-hmm. Do we feel like this is long term? Is this just the honeymoon period? Do are we just encouraged that things are changing? 
in a month are we just going to be back to playing uh, uh, other games and saying, well, well, maybe Arena will change again? How, how do you feel about the, the long-term success of these changes? So this this is always a tough one because we've seen great changes. We've seen uh, amazing balancing from top to bottom in classes before, and then we've seen it kind of just go by the wayside. And uh, sometimes that's as um, developers are getting shuffled around on what their tasks are. And then all of a sudden stuff that was being like going really well is just not not available. Um, so what's going to happen here? I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea, which is another reason why I, I like to keep my my new kind of options open where I'm I'm playing what I like. I'm playing what's fun and I'm not going to just say I'm an arena player only or whatever. Right. Um, I. I I'll tell you this, the people who are doing all these changes want this to stick around and want to be able to do more and do more. Will they be able to? Will they have the option to in six months, in a year, in a year and a half? I have I have no clue. Um, you know, just getting people doing what they can when they when they're able to is phenomenal. And I think that this change of draft to the one legendary. Um, kind of idea opens up a lot of possibilities for change and balance. Um, it can be very, very difficult to maintain a top to bottom split, like from number one to number 11 class uh, to keep that tight with, you know, so many people only playing the top classes, um, lots of things moving around and cards being so individually powerful that it becomes if they're if they're common, the class is good. If that one card is uncommon, the class is bad. A good example of that might be Demon Hunter right now has a card uh, called Something Wolf. It's the Outcast 6-6 that summons a copy of itself. It's a very common card. Um, and it, without that card existing, I think Demon Hunter would be an under 50% win rate class. It it would tank it by multiple percentage points. I'm, I, I strongly believe. That makes balancing the classes very difficult. Another reason why this new kind of direction from Stormwind and Alterac of creating cards to be more individually powerful and interesting is tough for Arena. It's tough to to balance that in the draft. Do you put the strong card in? How much of the strong card do you put in? Because all of a sudden you offer it this much and the class is number uh, two and then you take it away and the class is in the dumpster. And we actually saw very good evidence of this with Arbor Up when it was released in Druid. <laughs> Druid with Arbor up was number one by a long shot. And then they tanked its offering rate and it shot straight to the bottom and was the worst class. And so that, that makes it really tough to keep the top to bottom. So a way to, you know, I mean, it's not maybe the, the best for arena players, the best world would be to have maybe cards that are easier to balance or whatever, but um, you can do stuff like this to keep things fresh and change things up is make some changes to the draft. I think that that's easier to, I would guess that's easier to implement. Um, And it, instead of doing all these balances and maybe not having it turn out exactly the way you want, right? You make these balance changes, then all of a sudden another class has similar issues. You can have another way to keep things fresh with offering the draft. So maybe one day we see, uh, you know, in a year, we see another switch up of the drafting technique um, just to keep things interesting. Uh, who knows, right? So I, I think that this was a big push um, that could open up more interesting things for Arena in the future. What do you think if 
So I'm sure there's an internal MMR. If there's not, there could be one. What do you? What would you think if you were a top arena player? You had you're in the higher end of the MMR. You're you're quote like legend MM legend arena player that you got offered those top three classes less often. And if you're averaging three wins in arena or three games in arena, maybe you're like averaging one win, two win, you're offered the bottom win, the bottom classes less often. So this would be interesting if the way you, um, this goes back to conversations we've had, whether an MMR matchmaking system would be uh, reasonable for arena. So the thing the arena actually does not use an MMR system outside of just, um, Ixar, when he worked, um, with Arstone confirmed that there isn't an internal MMR for arena, but it's not used in any sort of way other than for stats to keep track of stats. So you're just matched by record. Um, and also courtesy of XR, we got a little bit of a lowdown on exactly how that matchmaking system works after questioning, why am I playing somebody at three zero when I'm four and two, right? Like they're undefeated and stuff. And we got that answer from a while back. Um, so, the the thing is, is in theory, that could be interesting if we had a balanced class selection within five to seven percent top to bottom. But generally, we're looking at 20 percent gaps. Uh, even now, um, we've got priest at like 36 percent or 37 percent win rate and death Knight up towards 54. So um, and this is actually not a terrible we're not in a terrible spot. Priest, a priest is an outlier. Uh, they, there's four classes above. 50%, which is, which is okay. Um, but the problem is if you start giving good players, the bad classes, even we can't win with a bad priest draft. So like the, the, some of the bad classes are just so bad and getting offered those a bunch would feel really terrible. So I don't think that'd be the way to go with how arena exists right now. Fair enough. All right. Let me, let me before. So we're going to do a draft and we're going to, we're already, we're way longer than I thought we were going to be given that we didn't even have doc here. Uh, I can talk. I can talk. <laughs> you can talk. That's why you're here. Uh, and this will not be the last time we have you here. How about this? Would for a mode? What if you had an alternate arena mode where you draft, you get a certain set of pa- a certain amount of packs, like 10, 10 packs or something like that, and you are able to put together. You pick your class before, like you can change your class in an arena run. You pick whichever class you want, and you build your deck around that. You don't have to use all the cards. You have like out of the packs you have. You selected what, and it doesn't have to be class specific. So if you pick mage as your class for like this game and you had a bunch of rogue cards, you could throw those in there and you can mix and match. And then like, let's say you you try that, but that sounds hectic and lovely. (laughs) Yeah. So like, if like, let's say you play that first game, you like, you're like, I had, I have a lot of rogue cards and I think that would synergize with my mage or with mage. You, you build that game one you get slaughtered. You'd be like, well, let me go back to the drawing board. And then you can go build another 30 card deck from the cards that you drafted and pick a different class. So maybe I really want to use the rogue here and then maybe add more druid cards or have a, I want this, this yeah, card it would sounds, be really it cool. It sounds pretty similar to like, if you say you drafted 40 cards and you had a 30 card deck and you had a 10 card sideboard, very similar to like sideboard ideas with sure. having access to all these cards. Um, that's an interesting one. Um, you just open random packs, be able to create what you want. You know, there'd probably need to be some rules within however many packs you open. Like maybe you're guaranteed one legendary, or maybe this is something, or, or I don't know, maybe there's something more specific about classes and, and, uh, class cards you get in them. But I mean, uh, this is the kind of stuff that you can try 
for a little bit and that's cool do a little events like when we did caverns of time for arena way back um it, it, you know if we had the resources to be be doing stuff like this often that'd be fun to try i would be I'm trying to think because it'd be pretty similar. I guess you just have no cards that go away. So you'd be stuck with any bad cards you opened in your mix, but you never have to use them. Right. It's a lot. It's like if you do a limited draft in Magic, like you might say, well, I have white, green, and blue. And then you go, well, you could focus on white. You could focus on green. You could try to bring all three of them if you had something that would make sense. And you would probably build something that maybe wouldn't be meta because. Why would you mix these particular things with these cards? But given that's what you got, you have that power where with Hearthstone, you're really funneled into that class that you pick where I think the joy that could be arena is that you could open up space that you really can't in other places. So if I could say, oh, I have uh, the ability to use some of these rogue cards with these druid cards and, and try weird things that never would happen. I think that could be fun. Maybe not saying to replace arena, but I think it would be a fun. And honestly, a dual class arena has always been something I've, I've uh, enjoyed the idea of. Um, and when it's, when it's a, a good meta for it, I've, I've really loved some of my favorite stuff. There could also be like a world where you get a certain amount of packs open, you make a deck. And then if you win, you like pick five cards to carry on to your next tier. And maybe there's like multiple tiers of opening packs. You know what I mean? Like you open, this is what you have for this. And then you can bring some keepers to the next round and open more and make a new. And that way it keeps it fresh too. I don't know. There's lots of different ways to explore new and interesting stuff for sure. That uh, I'm all about just trying stuff. New, better, more more mixing things up, the better, in my opinion. So I'd be, I'd be down so to try it. It'd be like twist, but for arena rather than for, for standard. Hmm. But that that would be hard to do. And obviously, again, with only a couple of people working on and it. Exactly. And it's not like, can they really be making a new thing every however amount of time if they're going to be trying new stuff? It's exactly. There's lots of lots of reasons why it'd be tough. All right. Well, I am booting up my client. So let's go ahead. So we're not going to actually have time to play. I, I thought we might. I'm like, how are we going to have enough time to draft? Maybe we can play a game. No, we're we probably should even skip the drafting, but we're going to do it because we're here. <laughs> Speed draft. So, um. Do you want me to share here in Discord or do you want to hop on and spectate? I guess you can't spectate the draft, right? Yeah, so. you can't actually spectate um, drafts in client right now. So I would need right. you to share. Yeah, we can definitely do that. So let me share my screen here. All right. You should be able to see that now. I and can indeed. we are going to go. Arena, there we go. Let's go. Cheers. Let's hope for a good draft. Oh, okay. Apparently I did the thing where I had a draft started and I didn't finish. Good for us. Free your intake at three chorus riffs. Where's the bridge riff? Is from a bit ago. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. All right. So uh, we'll look at that later. So let's go ahead. We're going to choose arena. We got to oh, we have seven tickets left. I think that's you can tell how many people, how, how often people play arena is if they have tickets or not. All right, so we are presented with Hunter, Paladin, and Warrior. Without knowing anything about the stats, I would say that probably Hunter would be the way I'd want to go here. Okay, well, uh, Hunter is the number one class in Arena right now, so you choose well. Uh, that being said, Warrior and Paladin are also very strong. These are three very strong heroes. I think Warrior's number three and Paladin's number four. 
uh, with only Death Knight as number two. But Hunter is the best class right now. Okay, so I have played a lot of all three classes. I've played probably a couple thousand games of Paladin in the last couple months. So would it be better here to take Hunter, which is the best class, or would it be better playing Paladin, which I probably have some feeling for? I think that Hunter is uh, enough in the lead over Paladin that it would still be better to take Hunter. All right, so we're picking Hunter. All right, so our choices for legendaries, Colossus of the Moon, Divine Shield Reborn, 10-10, 10 mana. Um, Sathravar, Battlecry, choose a friendly minion, add a copy of it, your hand deck in battlefield that's a nine mana five five and zilliax a five mana three two magnetic divine life shield rush and taunt my so we're gonna we're gonna do this where you're gonna say your pick and then i'm gonna i'm gonna chime in after right is the idea right i'm gonna i'm gonna and 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 you can even like if you want if if you if you feel like why did i make that pick or what what was my thought process we can talk about that too i think zilliax Mm. is the pick here because I think Sathravar gives us the most value, but I, I feel like that is so far down the end of the game. And then at that point, what minion do I have on board? Is it really going to be worth getting a copy of my hand deck in Battlefield? That's going to be very dependent. I don't think Colossus of the Moon, while being kind of a big bomb, I don't really feel like it's... I Honestly, I didn't realize that was a legendary. I thought that traditionally <laughs> was just a rare... Um, so Zilliax and knowing just the history of Zilliax in the long storied history of how important this card has been, it still is one of those cards that comes back to the meta and still sees play. So I think Zilliax would be the choice here. Yeah, I think it, for me, it's Zilliax and it's not even close. Um, I, I would also like to say though, that these are some, these are like terrible options right now. Um, okay, like this is, you, you hate to see this even Zilliax. There's so many better hits for, for Hunter right now. Zilliax is maybe a little slower than you want to be. Um, you've got a lot of potential tempo, but I mean, it's it's Zilliax. It's fine. It's versatile. It's some healing. It, it can be okay. Now, would you would you just retire that draft and start again if you were streaming or, or doing anything? Absolutely do that? not. Absolutely okay. not. So it, not for this. The only things I've retired recently are when I pick Pud and get no Ogres. Then I'm furious. Um, <laughs> but uh, it, for Hunter especially... The class is so all around good right now. I think a lot of people with their first legendary or first pick are like, okay, you get one legendary. It's better. It better be good. Your deck is 30 cards. You can have a terrible legendary and still an amazing deck. You know, we did it before this drafting system too. So Zilliax is okay. It's probably not going to be one of our best cards. In fact, already, uh, you know, I'll let you make this pick, but already there is one card here that is, in my opinion, uh, uh, I'd pick over Zilliax for sure. Honestly, probably two, to be honest. <laughs> but uh but uh yeah there it's it's not it's just one card right we continue on okay so i'm presented now with pick number two it's greedy partner explosive trap and messenger buzzard going by what i know of standard messenger buzzard just seems far and way the best card here yeah so um it is worth saying that greedy partner is quite strong in in arena like a one mana two three Kind of, because uh, you do want a lot of two drops in in uh, Hunter, especially. But yeah, Messenger Buzzard is for me easily the, the best card here. It's like it's premium. Okay, well, given that we just took Messenger Buzzard, our next cards are Royal Librarian, which is a four mana four four tradable Battlecry Silence Minion, which sounds like that'd be pretty useful in, in Arena. We have a three mana four three Shaky Zip Gunner, 
Death Rattle, give a minion in your hand, plus two, plus two. We're already seeing a bunch of cards we don't usually see. But I think the far and away winner on this one is Awaken Tremors. Get three, four, one worms. They cost one. This seems, I mean, this is just solid in standard and with the Messenger Buzzard. That just seems potential. Just some good synergy right there. Yeah, so even if we didn't have the Buzzard, this isn't even remotely close. Awakening Tremors is one of the premium cards, like just a premium, premium card right now. Definitely. Okay. Uh, oh, haven't seen her in a while. Uh, Blazing Battle Mage, a one mana 2-2. Two, two. Uh, Savannah High Main, which is always traditionally a, considered a bomb in Arena at uh, 6 mana 7-5 uh, before it was buffed. Death Rattle Summon 2 Hyenas and Bait and Switch. Uh, secret when a friendly minion is attacked, give it plus three, plus three. This one, I think I'd be tempted to take high main, but uh, the one mana two two feels like that's just a lot of power and tempo. Um, and there are better cards that I probably want to see at the end of my uh, curve. So I'm gonna say and bait and switch is not bad, but I don't think it's what we're looking for. Although, given that we are talking about arena, and you are saying that arena is more of a board based meta. This might actually be a really strong card. I don't know. But I, I would say my pick here would be the Blazing Battle Mage. Yeah, so I think th I think that probably the correct pick is Blazing Battle Mage. It's tough because um, that Savannah High Main always looks so juicy and so tasty. It is, by the numbers, the worst card here. Um, below Bait and Switch as well. Which is, you know, it, it, there's a lot of really, really powerful mid-game cards for Hunter right now. And Savannah High Main's a strong six, but it's it's not, you know, playing a four mana four four rush into another four four, right? You pay half the price for the same amount of stats or whatever. Um, one drops always will have higher win rates because good players tend to prioritize them. Um, and players with good curve tend to win games more. Same kind of idea. So the numbers on that are, are, are uh, quite high. There's also another idea, though, that like, there are also a lot of good early game cards for Hunter. So maybe you can get away with one of the others. I think I'd probably just make sure I'm getting early game and take the Battle Mage myself if I'm tryharding. But uh, this is one where you could kind of pick any direction and make it work. Bait and Switch is good. Uh, it gets worse as you get play better players. So the higher wins you get, the worse it gets because people can play around it better. But I think I'd also take Battle Mage. All right. So, and just so you know, I'm not running any um, stats here. I am uh going blind so i don't have any add-ons telling me anything percentages so we're just going based off feels here um our next card is twin tyrant eight mana four ten battle cry deer four da deal four damage to two random en enemy minions uh dern hold imposter i don't even recognize this card a three mana three three each turn this is in your hand transform into a random three cost minion that gains poisonous uh and then we have the shaky zip gunner again, three mana, four, three death rattle, give a manager in your hand, plus two, plus two. Twin Tyrant's always been a good card in Arena, I believe. But this Dernhole Imposter seems interesting with poison. So I'm going to say Dernhole Imposter would be the play here. But I, 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 my guess is you're going to tell me it's Twin Tyrant. So I would not take the Twin Tyrant um, for two reasons. One, I personally draft my hunters a lot more aggressive tend to, than to want to just clear a couple things on turn eight. I want my opponent to be dead on turn eight, not to clear some minions. Um, also, I agree. I think Dernhold Imposter, this is also a card that I just picked for the first time like a few days ago. And I was like, what the heck is this card? Okay, sure, let's try it. And it felt amazing. 
Uh, the stats puts all three of these cards very close. Um, and Dernhold is rated number one out of the three. Jakey Zipgunner with that buff, also very strong. But I think I also would take the Imposter. Lots of, uh, like, just getting a Poisonous with a card that does anything is great value for Arena. And if you get, like, a Death uh, uh, Reborn on it or something like that, now, now, yeah, now yeah, you got a stew going. Well, so far, I'm kind of surprised that I have gone this far um, without you telling me I'm wrong. Um, yeah, uh, okay. you know, it's funny because I, I get, like, coaching sessions, too, where people say the same thing. And it's, like, sometimes the difference between, like, a top-tier player drafting and someone who's like a good Hearthstone player doesn't play much arena. It's, it can be very close. Sometimes it's like a few key decisions can be the make or break in a deck actually. In, in draft. Okay. Our next pick, and this is one, two, three, four, five. This is our sixth pick. Um, we have another messenger buzzard, uh, which is a really good card. We have the bad luck albatross death rattle shuffle two one one albatross into your opponent's deck, classic Reno disruption. And then we have an explosive trap. Um, I think it's messenger buzzard again. I don't think we can have too many messenger buzzards, uh, at least in theory, as much as I would probably think about bad luck albatross in order to disrupt Reno. I don't know how much we're worried about other people having Reno at this point. Um, so I would say another messenger buzzard would be the play here. Yep. I agree. Messenger buzzard, just far and away the best card. Um, and of course, you know, disrupting any, uh, Reno not being in arena, but any, any Highlander card, right? Um, they are more common now to have Highlander decks in Arena, but it's not worth just disrupting your deck to make it worse to maybe stop someone from drawing their their Highlander card, right? Right. All right, so, ne- so Whelp Wrangler, two mana, two, three, at the end of your turn, gain a one, two Whelp with Taunt, great value. Uh, Grim Street Informant, two mana, two, two, Battlecry, Discover, Hunter, Paladin, or Warrior card, and a Worgen Infiltrator, 2-1 with stealth. I feel like I could close my eyes, pick any one of these, and I'm happy with it. My, I would guess uh, Grime Street Informant gives us the most value. Obviously, we can get more than one, two whelps in theory off of the whelp wrangler, depending on if we protect it, if we have some taunts, if they don't have anything to clear it with. But having the ability to maybe grab, a, I don't know, a keeper strength or a uh, anything might be good. So I would say we probably are looking at Grime Street Informant here. So th- this is a very interesting pick. And I think that there could be some preference that comes into this because I would pick two different cards depending on whether I was playing on a tryhard ac- account for leaderboards or in a tournament, I would pick Whelp Wrangler. But if I were just streaming naturally, I would 100% take Grime Street Informant. Uh, both are very strong. Um, Infiltrator is also just solid, just getting any one in there, but the other two I think are, are a step above. Um, well, Wrangler is just so good in this deck, even particularly with two messenger buzzards already. Um, you can't always just remove a whelp Wrangler early in arena. You don't have, you know, a plague strike in every death knight or if you're, if you're unholy or whatever, and even getting multiple of these, then slamming down a buzzard is pretty nuts for arena. Grime street is one of my favorite cards in the entire game. So like I would not skip it on my own, like just playing on stream just because I think it's so fun. They buffed it to be kind of relevant for stats. You can high roll the nuts off those Hunter Paladin Warrior cards into other legendaries, um, you know, and even Highlander cards potentially or who knows. But like as far as consistency and just like just a pure stat per mana base, Welp Wrangler is actually like the top rated card by a lot. 
Um, and usually across classes, Whelp Wrangler is rated extremely highly in win rate. I think particularly because we have the two buzzers as well, it shines uh, a ton here, but it breaks my heart knowing that Informant actually is probably not the right pick. here. So I went with, so this is the first one that I wasn't quite wrong on, but we're going to go with a choice that I didn't pick. We went with the heart yeah. of the card rather than the, the card that probably is the better play. So here we have uh, another shaky zip gunner. Apparently, we're going to have at least one shaky zip gunner in our deck at this point. The arena is telling us we have no choice. Mm-hmm. We have Hyena Alpha, down, which <laughs> <laughs> we have Hyena Alpha, which is a four mana three three battle cry. If you control secret, summon two 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 hyenas. And we have Stormwind Champion. Your other minions have plus one plus one. I think this is the shaky zip gunner. We don't have any secrets. Yeah. Yeah, Hyena Alpha is terrible here. We have no secrets and it's garbage tempo. Uh, Champion is fine in some decks. It's fine sometimes, but fine is not really good enough for Hunter. Shaky Zip Gunner is one I draft all the time. It's that three mana four three is relevant now. Like uh, that extra attack makes it relevant on board. And you have a lot of potential synergies with that plus two plus two now in Hunter with uh, Bovines. Uh, There, you know, there's uh, lots of, and buff stuff going on, so it's it's a strong card. I wouldn't put it like I, necessarily I, at top tier, but it's it's quite good. Well, obviously not because we've already passed a couple of them. But yeah. <laughs> um, but so I'm, I'm the way I'm thinking about this. A lot of times, so my my thought process in arena has always been kind of different, and I always think, hey, do we have our bombs? We have our, our our low cards. Let's try to get a balanced curve. But if we keep this low to the ground, and and we are if Zilliax we top out at five mana, that might not be necessarily bad. I uh, wish I would have kept a beat right before we started this podcast. I just finished up a 12 win hunter and it topped out at one five and one four and the rest were one and three. Uh, <laughs> now, admittedly, a couple of those were primordial explorers and there were some other value pieces in there. So it had a little more heft than just that. But uh, yeah, you can do you can get some huge mid game stats going and just not need a late game in some of these hunters. Fair enough. All right, our next pick we have Horseshoe Slinger, a three mana two two, battle cry, deal two damage to a random enemy minion, quick draw, and one of its neighbors. Uh good old Viper, tradable battle cry, destroy your opponent's weapon, three mana three four, and another shaky zip gunner. Um. I think that there's a lot of value in the Viper, but I think Horseshoe Slinger direct damage is always good and having the potential to do some early direct damage to clear a couple minions sounds very powerful to me. Given that we have Zilliax, we now have some synergy with mechs. We probably want to grab more mechs than we actually have in theory. So I would say this is the Horseshoe Slinger. Okay, this is going to be the first pick that I disagree with you wholeheartedly on. It took nine picks, though. So that's pretty good. (laughs) I would have Horseshoe as my last pick. Um, Okay. And one of the big reasons is because of that keyword there, random enemy minion. We hate that. We want to target what we want to hit. Yeah. So it's like there could be worlds where you can draw this off the top and deal, you know, have a cleave with your tutu, but it's not well statted. Uh, and that randomness makes it really tough to use. Often it's three mana, two, two, deal two, which is which is just weak. So uh, it's, you know, in its perfect spot where there's like two uh, four ones or five twos on the board. Yeah, awesome. But that that is a rare circumstance. So I would rather one of the other threes over it. And the three that I would want would be shaky zip gunner number two. 
Um, Rostrot Viper can have a lot of uh, potential, but it's also, you know, it's a specific tech piece that isn't always useful. Um, there's more stats on the Zip Gunner, and I'm kind of worried that um, Buzzard, Messenger Buzzard, is going to draw me Viper when I want it to be drawing better beasts that we are yet to draft. Or the other Buzzard, yeah, okay. Um, yeah. Fair enough. Zip Gunner it is. Hey, look, it's a Zip Gunner. Um, uh, next pick. <laughs> zip. Have you ever seen this many Zip Gunners? Um, probably. Uh, but, like, this is, it's pick 10, and this is our, like, fifth shaky zip gunner offered. Um, so we have I don't think I've seen gunner. this we... many in such a little time. Oh, on that last pick, too, did it matter that it was a mech that we had Zilliacs? Probably not, right? No, I don't think we need to worry too much about Zilliacs. Zilliacs isn't going to be one of our stronger things. And, like, it, it's, it, it could be a slight factor, depending on the mech we, we see. If we pick up a containment unit or something, a bit of a beefier boy, maybe we consider that, but... That's not something we're too worried about. All right. Uh, our next card is uh, Utgard Grapple Sniper. Battle Cry. Both players draw a card. If it's a dragon, summon it. That's a six mana, five, five. And then we have Old Faithful Direwolf Alpha. Two mana, two, two. Adjacent minions have one attack. I think this is Direwolf Alpha. Uh, I, I think Zip Gunner is good. I think we want more two two cards, uh, two cost cards. And this is always good to boost some minions to maybe clear some cards that we need to. I think that's a, that's fair. I, I'm a, so first of all, Utgard Grapple Sniper is, is horrendous and unpickable. Um, shaky Zip Gunner number three versus Direwolf. Now, it's, it's, this is a funny one. I think I lean the third Shaky Zip Gunner um, as just a standalone bigger pile of stats. Um, okay. j- you, you'll see a pattern of if something has no conditions and has stats, like that's what I want, right? Direwolf admittedly is a fine pick here with already two shakies and an imposter for threes, but it also does have this small requirement. Shaky zip gunner only requires you to have a minion and is a lot of stats. It's also early. So we're, we're, we do want more twos. It's true. Hopefully one's honestly better than Direwolf, but we have time to pick those up. So I would just keep slamming shaky zip gunners here. All right. Now we have cactus ranger, a two mana five, one poisonous. Uh, melted mark. Excuse me, melted maker. A three mana three three. After you forge a card, get a copy of it, and a three mana two three mecha leaper. Uh, magnetic death rattle. Give a friendly mech plus two plus through it in this death rattle. This seems bad. Um, I think so, that. Okay. Oh, you're you're right. It's it's beyond bad. This is uh, one of the worst picks you're gonna see. Yes. Okay, I think if I had any Forge Synergy, that wouldn't be... If I if I had any Forge cards at all, maybe I would take Melted Maker. Um, I don't even... So, the only... I don't even know what the rarity of the Secret Forge card is. Mecha Leaper, if we had more mechs, maybe, but I think the, the play here is just a, a two-mana 5-1. If they can't deal with it, then we have some Tempo and it's got Poisonous. So I think it's the Cactus Ranger. Yeah, so I think that was all very well said. Um, I, now, I'll go a little further because I tend to draft a little bit riskier than probably a lot of top players. Uh, I think that I could see a lot of the top players saying exactly what you said and like, yeah, two and a five one, eh, it's better than no two drop uh, and the other cards kind of suck. Um, I think Mecha Leaper is definitely the worst uh, here. Three mana two two that also gets in the way of our messenger buzzer seems awful. 
Um, I personally might risk the Melted Maker as a three mana three three uh, with the idea of hitting a forge. Um, it's horrible and maybe wrong. Maybe like this is a riskier pick. Cactus Rager, slam it on two. Maybe go face for five. Uh, okay, it's a bad pick. It's a bad pick. Um, yeah. Okay, so we're. I I would say as well that the Hunter Forge Secrets card, the Titan Forge Traps, isn't about forty percent of decks. So it's it's pretty common, relatively, okay. and also there are uh, a couple other neutral forges that are fairly common. So it's it's not great though. Even if you draw it, you you still it's a dead card for now until you get forge synergy, and then you're doing value stuff when you want to be killing your opponent's face. So it's a uh, you know it's a good thing we have the draws of these buzzards, and hopefully we can we can figure it out. But it, it, tough pick. I think I would have taken the melt. I, I I took it. We're we're going we're mm-hmm. we're, we're taking my I'm making the pick, but then we're adjusting for the better pick. So um, yeah. this it's... next card we have Doggy Biscuit. I think this is a solid. Uh, so two mana uh, tradable. Give me in plus two plus three after you trade this. Give a friendly minion rush. Another whelp whelp wrangler at the end of your turn. Game plus one plus two whelp taunt and freezing trap. I think given our messenger buzzard synergy and what we were saying about whelp wrangler, that's the that's the pick, but Doggy Biscuit feels like a really good pick too, but I think it's the Welp Wrangler given all things. Agreed, man. I think that's exactly what I would say. Yeah, Doggy Biscuit is good. It's a very strong card. Welp Wrangler is just like, even by the, like by the numbers, it's in another league. It's like 2% higher than Doggy Biscuit in win rate. Like it's, it's just like, it's very, very strong and this is definitely the deck for it. Okay. Dragon Breeder, Battle Cry, two mana, two, three, Battle Cry, choose a friendly dragon, add a copy to your hand. We have exactly zero dragon so far. Um, Elven could Archer. could copy one of the whelps. Oh, fair enough. From the whelp. Um, well, it makes sense. Um, Elven Archer, the answer to every squelch riddle. Uh, battle cry, deal one damage. One, one, one. Crushes then, so- your opponent's cactus ragers. Ooh, yes. We've already, we've, we've avoided that. If they, if they happen to um, steal this with um, one of the free spells that gets my cards and then use it against me to get rid of my cactus ranger, we'd be good. But uh, two mana, one, three, Selective Breeder, Battlecry, discover a copy of Beast in your deck. I think this is a no-brainer Selective Breeder. Yes, absolutely. We love to get copies of Buzzards. We love to get copies of, you know, other other beasts down the line. There's a few that we haven't picked up yet that we're hoping to see. Uh, particularly strong ones are the four mana, three, three, with Rush that summons, uh, you know, minions. Uh, Frostwing, something Frostwing, I think. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. And also <laughs> the Echo, the Echo card. Um, I believe it's from Caverns of Time. Two mana, one, one. Echo, adapt your time lost raptors, I believe they are. Oh, yeah, yeah. That card re- is very good. I don't think I've really seen um, much of that Caverns. card played in, in. No, not I haven't seen much of it played in Twist when I've played the in little her, I've yeah, played. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Mm-hmm. All right. Our next one, Mermy. Uh, one mana, one, one, reborn, undead Murloc. Explosive sheep, two mana, one one death rattle deal, two damage to all minions, and wandering monster, two mana secret. When your enemy attacks your hero, summon a three cost minion as a new target. Um, I think that we're kind of low to the ground. We don't like explosive sheep. It's not. It's we. That seems like if we had more big bombs, we'd want that kind of protection. Mermy's very sticky. I think that's a solid card, but I think wandering monster is the play here because it is. Um, a it protects our face. It potentially generates some tempo if 
whatever they attack into doesn't clear the three mana minion. And I think there's more options there. So I think it's Wandering Monster with Mermaid a close second. Yeah, so um, Explosive Sheep is, is pretty trash in Hunter, and it is trash here. Something that's kind of interesting is you could put Zilliax on it and then Lifesteal Consecrate your opponent's board, but that's not really <laughs> what Hunter, and especially this Hunter, wants to do. Um, so the between the other two, I could see either or. I would actually lean the Mermy, though, and pretty much the only reason is I want more turn one playables, and that's it. Right now, we only play Blazing Battle Mage on one, I just want more. Um, and that that's pretty much, that's just pretty much the only reason it's it, it, getting it's, lots of early game is just good for Hunter. Just get on the board early, protect your whelp wranglers, get more stats that way. Just get on the board, go face early. So I, I, I prioritize a lot of ones. All right. Our next one, I think this is the one you were just talking about. Uh, so we have mm-hmm. Mark shot or mana spell, the four damage to a minion, discover a spell. I would almost probably snap pick that one if I wasn't, Thinking about things. Wandering monster, secret when an enemy attacks your hero, summon a three course minion as a new target, which we just talked about. Um, I think that's the, the worst pick on this particular board. And then we have Twisted Frostwing, which is a four mana three three rush, death rattle, summon a Chimera with stats equal to this minion's attack. I think 80% of the time we take Mark Shot, but given that we have some messenger buzzard synergy here, I think that. Um, and plus the fact that we get so much value out of a death rattle that summons an additional minion and has rush. I think the play is twisted for us wing here. Yeah, really good with our buzzards. I'm going to blow your mind here and say I pick this twisting frost wing 100 percent of the time, even with no buzzards. That's okay. how strong this card is in arena. Uh, I love Mark shot. It's also just something you just have to play to know about the pool of spells that are in because it's all different sets. The hunter spell pool um, probably benefits early game a little bit more. And then by the time you play Mark Shot, it's less impactful. Collateral damage is no longer available, which was a huge one to pick up. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, Um, so it, it, that card, it's still good. But I, I think that it's a little worse now and doesn't quite fit the most powerful archetype of Hunter, which is just busted mid-game stats, which Twisted Frostwing uh, assists with. Okay, our next... So our next round, we have Savannah Hymane. We have Horde Pillager, a four mana, four two, equip one of your destroyed weapons. We have no weapons currently. And then we have Doggy Biscuit. I think this is Doggy Biscuit. I think we're staying low to the ground. I think that this helps us with tempo. If we have crap cards, we have tradable, um, give something rush. And I think that given how we're building our deck, Savannah Hymane is too slow. Yep, I agree. I think Doggy Biscuit is the way. Now, we, we are pretty light and might want to pick up either some draw or something a little, with a little heft just to have. But uh, we we still have 14 picks, so we, we've got time for that. So I'd, I'd take the Doggy Biscuit there, too. Okay, next um, we have Silver Serpent, a 3-mana 2-3, two, Rush Poisonous, Quick Draw, Gain Immune this turn. We have Bounty Board, a 3-mana 0-5, your Excavate, Quick Draw, Tradable, and Legendary cards cost one less. And we have Cobalt Miner, Battlecry, Excavated Treasure, two mana, one, one. This is clearly Bounty Board. No, I'm kidding. Um, this is, um, I like Silver Serpent here, um, but the only, so Excavated Treasure is pretty good. Even like the one mana treasures you get are pretty good. Um, the Rush Poisonous is fantastic. Um, and pulling that from uh, the Buzzard and isn't necessarily great because we want to quick draw it, but 
a bigger minion that has I mean, if, if we can pop it, if we can break it open on our turn they don't always kill the buzzard maybe we pop it off and then we draw the silver serpent on our turn but i think i think also it's silver the, serpent uh, yeah it, i think it's silver serpent too cobalt miner is a good card excavates gr- uh, great in arena i think it's a little bit worse in hunter specifically because they do come with uh you know you do have to give up some stats to get these excavates it's a little bit of a slower play and hunter's very fast right now but they are good cards i would say silver serpent we also have Selective Breeder into Silver Serpent for the quick drop, Ooh, yep. which is really good if we need it to. Now, is Bounty Board the worst card in the um, arena draft? That's a good question. Um, probably. Uh, there's also a three mana zero seven demon street trickster that's not too good, but it got buffed to spell damage plus two now. So maybe that that probably puts it ahead of the of the zero five. Okay, our next pick, we have Swarm of Locusts. Summon a 7-1-1 Locust with Rush. Hat trick, uh, two-mana secret. After your opponent casts a spell, summon a 4-2 Panther with Stealth and Freezing Trap. Um, I like Cat trick, but I think the play would be Swarm of Locusts here. Yeah, I... Swarm of Locusts is actually a card I have not picked yet, but not because it's not good. It's a solid card. I mean, it, it you, you know... It's good at removing a lot of stuff. If you have two things on board, you can use five one ones to clean up a few things so that your minions can go face and stuff like that. It's it's solid, and there's even ways to buff them on board. Uh, and it probably is the pick here. Uh, don't need. I I think it might be close between that and Cat Trick for me. Freezing Trap is is also still decent, but Death Knight is so common and it's so garbage against Death Knights when they can just trigger it with their hero power. Um, I think I would take the Swarm of Locusts as well. Ideally, a lot of my cards are are really functioning as I am killing their face rather than cleaning up the board, but um, it's still a strong card. But this is probably a good card after a clear, if they clear my board and I need to like yep. regain some tempo. Yep. Gives us a All little right. bit more beef when we're a really light deck as it is right now. All right. Tar Creeper, three mana, one five. Taunt has plus two attack during your opponent's turn. Used to be in just about every deck and then they brought it back and no one plays it. Uh, yep. Rotten Apple Bomb, five mana, four six. Taunt Death Rattle, restore six health to your hero, and then Ancient Totem, zero mana, zero three. Which I really think there should be a achievement for killing your opponent with that particular card. Um, <laughs> these are both really good. Um, I would say, I would probably. This is tough because I I want to stay yeah. low to the ground. I I like Tar Creeper. Because it can protect maybe some minions if I want to protect them early, especially things like my Blazing Battle Mage and my um, my Whelp Wranglers. Um, yeah, Rotten Apple Bomb gives us so health. So so Rot- Rotten Apple Bombs gives us a taunt, a nice body, and restore six health. But I don't need to restore health if they're dead. So I'm thinking Tar Creeper. That's the exact mentality that I uh, would have with a Hunter, and I would also pick Tar Creeper. Yeah. I love right. protecting those Whelp Wranglers here, too. Okay, uh, next card, uh, two mana, uh, two, two, t- uh, tasty fly fish, death rattle, give a dragon a hand, plus two, plus two. We've had some dragon synergy cards without dragons offered to us. Uh, we have, yeah, we have, have always, those wranglers, which that's okay, but yeah, we have always okay. a bigger, um, uh, yarmonger, which is, uh, give a minion plus two attack, excess damage deals, um, dealt by attacks, hits the enemy hero. And then we have Replicating Menace, bag, uh, four mana, three, two, magnetic, death rattle, steals, three, one, one, microbots. Um, 
my initial thought was always oh, a bigger uh, 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 Jägermeister, but um, mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of value in replicating Menace. Um, I would say that my pick would be the replicating Menace. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think a lot of people underestimate um, how many stats are just in a played on its own replicating Menace. Like it is, it, it, what is that? It's six, five worth of stats for four mana, which is good. So it's a little more awkward than that, but it's not, it's not like it doesn't belong in uh, like dumpster tier or bad. It's a completely playable four cost. And we do have the Zilliax and maybe that picks up on one of the one ones left over and that's all right, you know? Yep. All right. So we have next pick Awaken Tremors, Parachute Brigand, which is a two mana two, two after you play a pirate, summon this minion from your hand and a horseshoe slinger again. I think this is Awaken Tremors. It's just too much value, especially with what we have in the Breers and with the buzzers. looks amazing here. Um, Jeweled McCore, Battlecry, add a random beast to your hand. Always a bigger uh, uh, Jägermeister. And then we have Menagerie Mug, which is a three mana two, two Battlecry give three Random friendly minions of different types, plus one, plus one. Uh, and if I didn't say the Macaw, yeah, I, I think I did say that. I think it's Macaw here. Um, one mana play, get get some tempo, um, get some value. And we don't have any cleaves, so I don't think uh, Yarmonger is really that big of a deal, especially at two mana, maybe at one. So I think it's Macaw. Yeah, here. and the cleaves aren't in the meta for arena players right now. So it makes that uh, tough to find a good target for it. I agree, Jeweled Macaw. Uh, early play, a one drop, great, gives you some some extra stuff. Cool. All right, so we have a saloon brewmaster, battle cry, return a friendly minion in hand, give it plus two, plus two, grim necromancer, uh, four mana, two four, summon two one one skeletons, and horde pillager, equip one of your destroyed weapons. We still have no weapons. This one's interesting to me. Um, this would go nicely with Zilliax, you know, later in the game. Uh, this would also be kind of powerful with selective breeder, jewel macaw. Um, our silver serpent. I, the the two one ones are nice as skeletons, but I feel like we're gonna potentially have full boards. So I think it's saloon brewmaster here. Yeah, this, this is a close one. I think horde pillagers in the last. Uh, no weapons. What can we do? Little tough. We got no weapons. We also have still no forge cards for that uh, melted maker uh, pick. So that's looking <laughs> a little rough at the moment. Um, here's the thing about brewmaster, saloon brewmaster in a hunter is it can really, really be sometimes a tough thing to get on the board without detempoing yourself too much. Uh, you you kind of want your minions on the board when you're a hunter, and taking them back, even if they're going to be bigger later, does sometimes take you a step back. Now, it's it's it can be a solid value card, and even in some cases, a solid tempo card, and it is up against weak cards. But for me, it's it's very close between the Grim Necromancer and just be like, well, it's not that good of a four but it's still stats and, and the brewmaster. My only thought uh, on the brewmaster make... was yeah. we have silver serpent. We have mm-hmm. jewel McClaw. We have selective breeder. selective breeder. We have. So, so that was my thought on it. Otherwise I would have thought Necromancer for sure. And we do have that. a couple things, but not very many. I would, I don't know. It's very tight for me. I think some people would go grim. I kind of just like the brewmaster though, but we can assume that like as strong players, we can know when to not detempo ourselves and, and find times where it works. It's not like that four is a, a, a strong card. And we can also tempo it out on two as a as a minion mm-hmm. if we need to. All right. Yep, if uh, we need to. Five mana, zero three, chromatic egg, battle cry. Secretly discover a dragon to hatch into death rattle. Hatch. Um, Now, we have a two mana, one two, temple berserker. Reborn has plus two attack when damaged. 
And then we have ancient totem. It's not ancient totem. I'm a little intrigued about the egg because we do have the ability to buff it with like the the um with the buzzards. I mean, I think we that have two I, buzzards and three shaky zip gunners. It's actually so interesting. <laughs> Chromatic egg is terrible. Yeah, but I think it's Temple Berserker, right? What if it worked for us? This is one <laughs> where I would definitely take the egg on stream just because it's egg gaming. Uh, I'm sure the correct consistent pick has to be Temple Berserker, right? It's got a 10% higher win rate than the egg. I guess the question you need to ask yourself here is what is better? A, a two drop here, Temple Berserker, or a one for a chromatic egg? Is a 1-4 Chromatic Egg even better than a Berserker? It probably isn't. Five mana to get pretty much nothing done that turn probably is not worth even an average dragon. Okay. So it's probably Berserker. But if if there's a Chromatic Egg deck, it's this one with all these buffs, right? All right. Now we have a three mana 4-4 Ogre Gang Outlaw Rush 50% chance to target to attack the wrong enemy. A Camouflage... Uh, Dirgeable, a six mana six six battle cry, give your other mech stealth until next turn. And then we have a dwarven shop shooter, one mana, one three, your hero power targets minions. Um I like the Ogre Gang and I like the Sharpshooter. I think it's sharpshooter because that just gives us the opportunity to maybe clear something early that we wouldn't be able to otherwise. Yeah. So um I like Sharpshooter. It's a solid one and one I often pick up. We do, we're not uh, lacking ones. We do have Tremors, Tremors, Battle Mage, Macaw, Mermy. So we have five of those. I would say because we have an adequate amount of ones that I would lean Ogre Gang Outlaw, which I, uh, I think is the stronger card in general. Um, so in this pick, I think I want the Outlaw. If okay. I had a few, like two fewer ones, I'd probably take the Sharpshooter. All right. We have next pick. We, we, we have five more cards left. Pressure Plate, Secret After Your Opponent Casts a Spell, Destroy a Random Enemy Minion. Always a bigger uh, Jägermeister. And then we have Twilight Drake. Finally, a dragon offered to us. Uh, Battle Cry gain plus one health for each card in your hand. <clears throat> Always was a solid card. Um, we may have a lot of cards in our hand at times, especially with the Awakened Tremors, with drawing cards off Buzzard. Um, mm -hmm. um, I think it's Twilight Drake here. Yep, I agree. It's a solid four, I think, in this deck, even though we were trying to play out pretty quick. A lot of our early cards add more cards to hand. Seems All right. Fine. Uh, five mana, four, four tram operator mech battle cry, draw a mech. The next mech you play costs two less. Uh, Blackwing corruptor battle cry. If you're holding a dragon deal, five damage and then smuggler crate, give a random beast in your hand. Plus two, plus two. Um, too bad. We don't have that chromatic egg anymore. Although that's not an, it's not a beast anyway. Um, no. <laughs> it's not, it's not tram operator, even though we can probably have some synergy with, Ziliax, it's just not worth it, I don't think. And if we happen to draw patches, that's not going to help us at all. Um, we do have the ability... So while we've been joking about dragons this whole time, we possibly could have dragons in our hand with the whelps. So maybe that... Mm -hmm. The whelps. Um, we do have the Twilight Drake, but particularly the whelps would probably help with the Blackwing Corruptor here. And and Smuggler Crate seems pretty good too. Um, random Beast in your hand, plus two, plus two, zero mana. Um... We don't have a lot of... Yeah, I think uh, it's tight. I think it's Corruptor. I also think it's Corruptor. I think it's a very close pick. Uh, all three have their their merits. Even Tram Operator 
the discount, you know, essentially makes it like a three mana four four draw card, which if you think about it is actually kind of insane. You have to pay down the five mana up front, so it takes away a bit from it. But we have the two mechs. Grandma Operator, I think, is an underrated card, but with those two Whelp Wranglers, I think I want the Blackwing Corruptor. Smuggler's Crate can be fine, but we're, we're already like pretty light, even with the draw we have. And Blackwing Corruptor can just be a great finisher, too. Okay. Um, Serpent Egg, Death Rattle, uh, two mana, zero three, Death Rattle, summon a three four. Serpent, Sea Serpent, which is a beast, I would assume. Um, Faceless Corruptor, five mana, five four, Rush, Battlecry, transform into one, transform one of your minions into a copy of this. Um, clear the way. Side quest, summon three Rush minions, reward, summon a four four Griffin with Rush. Um, I don't think it's clear the way. I don't think we have enough rush minions here to make that really viable. I mean, we have a couple, but I don't think that we're going to have the synergy there. Um, sea serpent is intriguing, um, but we have plenty of twos. Um, faceless corruptor could possibly, um, I, I, if I recall correctly, that was always a fairly strong card in arena. So I think it's faceless corruptor here. I think it is too. Again, another one where you look at the egg and be like, this deck could be fine for these eggs that are normally garbage. But Faceless Corruptor is just better entirely, even to buff, right? It's a really good buff target. That's another target now for our Saloon Brewmaster, hitting one of those back and keeping the buff to copy. That's, uh, that's, I agree with that pick. All right, next, next, we have two picks left, um, I think, or unless we're, yeah, we have two picks left. Big Game Hunter, four mana, four, two, battle cry, destroy a minion with seven or more attack. Uh, bait and switch, uh, two mana secret, uh, when friendly minions attack, give it plus three, plus three. Quick shot, two mana, deal three damage. If your hand is empty, draw a card. I think this is quick shot without even coming close. So this is an interesting one. I'd say BGH is, is out for me. It's not, it's just doesn't quite cut it. It's too inconsistent, even if it can shine at some point. I think there's some viability to this bait and switch. Um, quick shots could even be drawing cards and it is reach, which is nice early tempo. It's strong. I think it's close here. The reason I, I look at bait and switch is particularly, it has very good synergy with these whelp wranglers, um, uh, being able to keep those whelp wranglers on board a whole bunch is very powerful. And just to, you know, even just coining this whelp wrangler, then coming into bait and switch is a very difficult thing to stop without a, a removal spell. So I think I'd go bait and switch, even though it's like, it's a very close and without those two, maybe I'd just take the quick shot. Probably could go either way, but uh, bait and switch is a uh, yeah, decent amount of stats too. All right. And our last pick is no pick at all. We have Murloc war leader, mm-hmm. three mana, three, three, our other Murlocs, which we have zero plus two attack. Uh, Hoshu slinger again, or another uh, silver serpent. I think this is silver serpent all day, every day. And um, Friday, Absolutely it is. Yeah, Silver Serpent all the way here. Never did find any forages, unfortunately. Uh, we also missed our um, Raptors, which is a staple in Hunter. No weapons. Uh, there were actually quite a few more tough picks and maybe bad picks in this draft than a lot of Hunters at the top right now. But I th- I still think this deck looks looks solid with two Buzzards. I mean, two uh, um, Awakening Tremors is also very strong. Just two Tremors, two Whelp Wranglers, and two Buzzards is kind of like just really, really good potential starts. Then you come into your Zip Gunners, which are buffing tw- uh, Twisted Frostwing, and they're buffing Faceless Corruptors. And then by that point, you're hoping you're, you know, maybe remove something with Silver Serpent, and your opponent's dead is the idea. Don't draw Melted Maker. 
just okay. don't do that. Um, is my advice there. And yeah, that was solid. A good curve. It's still a three mana three three. They might not realize that we don't have any forge cards, so they may want to clear it to prevent Burn me from getting some that removal failure. or something. And yeah, yeah, it's if, possible. And if we, so, it's a decoy. And if we can drop a Ziliax on it, that's not the worst thing. So, if you were if you were taking this deck in the battle, um, mm. what would you expect for a win rate with you piloting? That's so tough to say because like there's so much more uh, variance nowadays than there were years ago. Predicting is so tough. I will say I have gone 12 this meta with worse hunters. But I've also gone four with better hunters. (laughs) So, you know, it's hard to say for sure. But I'm guessing that this is a deck that would win a good amount of games. Like I'm thinking there's an infinite deck. Just the fact that it has two buzzards, two whelp wranglers and two of the four ones, uh, two of the uh, Awakening Tremors, filling in the blanks with other stuff. I think this gets to seven just based on on that. Um, and then sometimes you'll be punished with drawing two or three of your weaker cards and not being able to keep up. But there's so much variance that it, you know, it could go three, it could go 12. Um, I took this absolute trash Hunter. It, hunters generally are able to kind of steal games they have no business stealing just based on their hero power and reach as well. So I think it missed a couple key pieces, but it's got a really extremely strong base of early tempo. So I, I'd, I'd put a lot of money on it doing well. And I don't think I did too bad with my 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 uh, evaluation of the cards there. No, not at all. Especially since you you really don't have to think about a lot of these cards when you don't play a lot of arena, right? Like there's so many cards that it's like you never see them see play in any other mode. And it's like, oh, this is actually really good at arena. And here's why, right? And then that's that's where it's fun. That's why a lot of times you see a card and you're just like, that'll never see play. And then the arena guys are like, oh, I can't wait to have that. So that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, that was a lot. That was a lot of fun. Um, hopefully we do that again sometime uh, when you come by my stream. Um, yeah, for sure. But this episode is going way longer than I thought it was going to be. And I was like, how are we going to fill yeah. some time? <laughs> um, and that's not a complaint. I love it. Um, hopefully we still have some people, a couple people still listening. So, um, What's your favorite comfort food? Because we usually ask about dessert. I think we already asked you about dessert. I don't remember what your answer was, but I think we already asked you about that previously. So what is your like comfort food? It's like Saturday night. It's raining outside. You don't really want to do anything. You just go to the fridge. This is what you want to have. Maybe it was already made. What's what? What? What is that comfort food? The, the thing I'm grabbing on a Saturday night, it's kind of raining. I'm reaching into the fridge. So, you know, I'm grabbing a nice cold beer, my friend. You know, that's my comfort food. All jokes, like not even joking. I don't enjoy sweet food at all. I'll I'll turn down pie, cake when it's offered at birthdays. It's I'll pass. I don't like sweet stuff. Um, actually, and you would you would not turn down my pie. I'm having a beer. You would not turn down my pie because you know what it, kind of pie it is. Oh, beer it pie. Is, it is a French Canadian meat pie. <laughs> oh yeah, okay, savory pies. Savory pies, different story. Delicious. Maybe I'm reaching in and grabbing a French Canadian meat pie. Maybe that's what I'm doing. I do like savory stuff like that very much. So what else? What else? I had never tried before I um, started dating uh, my American wife. Uh, I had never tried pizza rolls ever in my life. And I we don't have like the brand that's super common, I guess. Uh, I don't know. But I tried those. I'd, I'd muck some of those maybe. I don't know, whatever it is, it's savory. 
comfort food. <laughs> is it normal to say a pound of wings and a and a and a pint of beer? Because that's that's what it is for me, man. You know, forget uh, so a cake or wings though. Hot, like how? Where where are the spicy hot. level? Um, so definitely hot, hot wings. I've been getting a much higher tolerance over even the last few years as well for very spicy wings. I'm not looking to just die when I'm eating wings. I want it to be tasty, but I do enjoy very spicy stuff. Yeah. I don't want, I, I don't need it to, I, I don't need hot for hot sake. I want flavor. And if it, if mm-hmm. it means that I have exactly. to like, woo, and I need a drink, that's fine, but it has to taste good. I don't want it to just yes. be. There's yeah. a lot of like cheaper hot sauces that are just like, suicide this and it's uh, it's just hot but no taste at all right right i've got some good hot sauces that are like much more for flavor and then also very hot that, that i use i i know i saw Swaybe and her uh partner eat these gummies that were like super high on the whatever the metric is for scoville heat. yeah scoville yeah it was like so it was one of her goals for a sub with subathon it was so over what you should a normal person should eat it was great uh yeah those are fun chat loves those too that's part of the reason why my tolerance has gone up with heat is due to stuff like that on stream because they love it i don't know they just love to see their streamer in pain writhing yeah i never got that i never got the enjoyment (laughs) out of that but it's okay or like eating like the 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 jelly beans that taste like vomit or whatever. Yeah, I can't do that. Yeah. Those will never come onto my stream. Um, <laughs> dear viewer, give us a review if you can. If you like the show, if you're still listening to this an hour and 45 minutes in, you like what we're talking about, or you just have fallen on the floor and cannot reach the stop button. Either way, just leave us a review. Or maybe just give us five stars. That helps. The more, the more people rate our show the easier it is going to be for other people to find it so uh we appreciate all the listeners we actually had an enormous amount of folks listen to episode 50 so thank you so much it was so nice to see um i don't know where the jump came from but we were happy to have it um and i know doc uh wishes he could be here too i can't even imagine how long this episode would have been if we had doc on too because we would have had some debate on cards (laughs) Um, but i do hope we get to do it sometime uh so judge where can people find you on social media so you can find me streaming on Twitch at twitch.tv slash judge. Um, I also am now simulcasting um, to YouTube for the first time as well. Uh, and I, I've already mentioned I've been uploading some new Hearthstone and variety stuff to my YouTube channel. That is youtube.com slash C slash I my name is judge. I'm on Twitter at the same name. Hi, my name is judge. And uh, too early to probably start uh, alongside my my um, YouTube channel of new content. I actually just created that I haven't even posted on a TikTok account. And I'm going to get into Instagram reels, both at Hi, My Name is Judge. That hasn't really started yet, but I'm, I'm looking for some uh, some stuff there, too. So lots of lots of places to find me for sure. It's probably Fair Twitch, enough. YouTube and uh, Twitter are the ones I've used the most so far. All right, and you can find Doc McButt at Doc McButt on Twitter. He says he streams, but I don't believe it. And you can find me at Tito Santana at Tito Santana HS on Twitter and Twitch. I stream quite often at night. Uh, Judge, you getting shout outs this week? Oh, shout outs this week. Yeah, I, got a, I actually got a really good one this week. Um, if you enjoy Arena and you, you know you've been listening to this one, uh, go and follow Colst. 
Uh, Colst is a, a very, very strong arena player, really analytical, great to learn from. And the reason I'm shouting him out specifically, specifically this week is because he just uh, won the community-run tournament that we just had in the uh, arena community. I think there were like 92 participants, and Colst uh, beat every single one of them, including myself. I averaged 10.5 wins per run and still got ousted by a number of players, including himself. So that was, uh, you know, taking home that one. Also in the top were Dose of Coffee and Neo Greg, other uh, really, really strong arena players who finished near the top of that tourney. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, so you're doing a little bit of that and that you were just outside of the top eight and you were, you were I can't believe 10.5 yeah. 10. 10. doesn't 5 get me back. average, man. What else I got to do? 10.5 average. Crazy tournament. And I'm going to shout out Mrs. Bowers because um, she is going to be a guest on this show and the Rumble Report. She is a very big uh, Warcraft Rumble streamer. And I have arranged to have, I'm talking to her, get her on the shows. And I messed up the dates and I forgot that we were moving the first, second episode of the Rumble Report out a week and letting that first week simmer a little bit and, you know, see how, if we get any feedback and everything. So, uh, she reached out to me yesterday saying, or, uh, yeah, it was yesterday. Uh, I guess we're not doing this now. Are you guys running a little late? And I felt so bad because I've never done that to, I guess before. So uh, I apologize to Mrs. Bowers. That was, that was my bad. I can't wait to have her on the show. Um, I'm, I'm worried she might swear about as much as Warshack, but we have the bleeps for that. So, um, <laughs> anyway, uh, judge, thank you for being on. This was a real lot of fun and I can't wait to, uh, uh, play out, see how this deck plays out. And um, hope to have you on again soon. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate it, Tito. All right. I think we're toast. We'll see you. Slide two brothers meet one another when they slide up to the mic. It's bread and butter with one another. Let's start up that recording light. (laughs) 